What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. What is up, everyone? It is me, Bobby Asin, back for another week of Guiltless Pleasures. I am very excited that this is actually my 10th episode of this podcast. I just want to say thank you for everyone who has made it this far. My initial goal was just going to be to make 10 episodes, whether it was just one person or zero people listening. So let's pop the lactate, get the Taco Bell, and let's celebrate 10 episodes. We have made it, and there's a lot to unfold this week. To get right into my guiltless pleasure of the week is definitely going to be... The Real Housewives of Potomac. I am currently already on the second season. Within a week, I finished the first season, and I believe there's only four seasons, and so far, I am loving the show. I'm super excited because people say that this is a god-tier branch of the Real Housewives franchise. I am super excited to go into some Real Housewives drama and our pop culture recap. We have a lot going on this week. But also this week, we have a lot to be grateful for. Yes, we do indeed have Thanksgiving coming up this week. So with my friend Taylor's advice, I thought what a better thing to do than to talk about pop culture moments that I am grateful for this Thanksgiving season. There's so much to be thankful for in the pop culture world. And this is going to be things from the years past all the way to current day. So one of my favorite pop culture moments that I wanted to bring up is an iconic day in 2010 when Paris Hilton went to jail for having possession of illegal substances, such as cocaine. One of my favorite things about this moment was when Paris Hilton was questioned about having cocaine in her purse, she said, I thought it was gum. And that's one of my favorite moments in pop culture history. I think that's truly iconic. So when in doubt, anyone, just say, I thought it was gum. Ever in trouble at work or texting on your phone? Say, I thought it was gum. Anything it works for. It's just that easy. A couple other moments that are iconic in pop culture history that I am forever thankful for is Paris Hilton's 21st birthday dress, I believe, That is the blueprint for Fashion Nova. Without that dress, we wouldn't have the current fashion that's coming back. I loved when Kendall Jenner wore it for her 21st birthday because she was able to recognize truly how iconic that outfit really was. And lastly, my favorite pop culture moment with Paris Hilton is the creation of The Simple Life, creating, you know, the whole brand of a person pretending to be dumb but actually being a mastermind and becoming... The queen of a new empire. Now going into my favorite pop princess, Miss Britney Spears. There are so many moments I am grateful for. I am going to start with the most iconic moment in her career that made her career, I would say. In 1998, when Britney Spears released her single, Baby One More Time. Now, Britney was going to make a music video for this song, of course, and the concept was very lackluster, and 
I think if she didn't change the original concept, she would not be as successful as she was to this day. Originally, they wanted it to be a cartoon music video with robots, and Britney said, you know what, um, actually, I have a, a different idea. I'm actually imagining me being in a schoolgirl uniform and dancing, and luckily they listened to her, and fun fact, that music video was filmed at the same school that they filmed Grease in. So, I really believe if she didn't have that mastermind to be over-sexualized, then she wouldn't be where she is today. Something that changed my life was in 2000. It was the year that Britney Spears did a live performance of I Can't Get No Satisfaction, as well into a mashup of Oops, I Did It Again. This is when she went from a full business suit looking outfit into ripping it off and exposing her body in a glittery sequined outfit kind of covering her crotch and her boobs, similar to the one you see in the Toxic music video. But this was groundbreaking. It was definitely the separation of her being a child star into being an adult. And I just remember seeing that live with my mom, her being mortified, and me saying, Mom, that's my idol. I want to be just like her. And that was really a changing moment in pop culture history because, like I said, she went from girl to woman, or a girl to a woman, and really showed people that she was going to keep going and progressing. And people were so obsessed with her staying young and pure, but the reality is she was an adult and doing things that adults are allowed to do. And that goes into the next part of pop culture history that I'm thankful for, which was Slave For You. The snake, the tiger, all that changed the game. It really made VMA performances all about the sets and the performances and not just about like the vocals and the dancing, which I get singing is about the vocals, but this really showed what a performance should have been for the VMAs. It set the bar for anyone coming into the VMAs to perform in the future for sure. If I am going into this about things I'm thankful for in pop culture in order of the history, I would say the next thing I am grateful for is the 2007 era. There is nothing better than this. I've covered this before from saying the velour tracksuits to celebrity meltdowns. This was the prime of paparazzi. I mean, the reality is it's a horrible time, but the history that happened in this era of 2007 is the best. You have Lindsay Lohan, Amanda Bynes, Hilary Duff, Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, you know, just owning everything and taking over the world. People loved to hate the success of the women at this time because they truly were everywhere on everything whether you're going to something simple as a store like Kohl's to every tabloid you see in the grocery store their face their name was on everything and this also was the beginning of an era of beautiful mugshots this is when I think the girls learned it was okay to smile on their mugshots and make them look really pretty and I'm really grateful for that because it's really changed the mugshot game and made it more appropriate to smile on your picture because the reality is you should be smiling in your mugshot because everyone's going to see it anyway. So don't you want it to look good? Like they definitely should allow you to have makeup or something in prison or 
like have a stylist moment, you know, because you don't want to be unflattering because that's picture that picture will be there forever and haunt you. And I'm so glad that nowadays you can get little mugs with the mugshots on them or sweatpants with your favorite celebrity's mugshot on it or even a sweatshirt. They look so cozy with their coffee mugs and their little sweatsuits. So I'm grateful for the mugshot era of 2007 as well. And right along 2007, you know, 2005, 6, and 7, 8, and 9, all those years, we had the entire high school musical pop culture phase. I'm still in that phase. I will always love high school musical. I love that high school musical, the series, is bringing back that love for a new generation. Ashley Tisdale owned that era. I love how they all had little solo albums. You know, you had Vanessa Hudgens had one. Corbin Blue, Ashley Tisdale, of course, and they got the recognition they deserved. I really am sad that when Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Tisdale did film a pilot for a reality show that they did not get it really picked up. It was just kind of a one episode thing, which was considered a special at the time, but I would have loved to see them. I think they would have owned the reality show game at that time because you had the people from like the Ring Bling and all that getting their shows, but I think this would have been a really good time to mold that group of wholesome girls that were still kind of, not bad per se, but, you know, just on the brink of changing into being bad girls and seeing their careers really take off. And this also is the time period where Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato with Selena Gomez were going head to head head to head in YouTube battles and that was so iconic you had Miley with her friend Leslie or no Mandy sorry not Leslie Mandy you know being crazy on YouTube I just loved that feud era you know Demi and Selena being best friends was so cute I'm always grateful for that era because that's like my Tiger Beat pop magazine era and seeing their drama just like filled my days with so much joy Also at this time, we had my reality show that I'm most grateful for, The Hills and Laguna Beach. I believe these shows paved the way for all scripted reality TV shows. That was everything as well in the 2007, you know, early 2000s, because this is the time where reality shows were just beginning to seem too fake to be real. And the girls were great actresses and consisting or sorry, being persistent in saying that the show was real the entire time. And also, this was a time of good reality television because you had The Girls Next Door and other great shows going on in you know, the beginning of the Kardashian era. And additionally, this is kind of a push, but I loved, and I'm so thankful for it, the Webkins and Club Penguin era. If it was any game that had a monthly subscription, you know I was begging my mom to use her credit card to open her purse to help me out pay for those games. During quarantine, I definitely picked up Webkins again, and they even have an app on the phone, so that was super fun. I paid 99 cents a month for the game, which is crazy and so worth it. I love playing the games. I actually learned how to play like Chinese dominoes? something like that on the game so very useful highly recommend still playing webkins going back in order 
We are now at the point where I am super grateful for everything that Miley Cyrus brought. Miley brought to us, you know, the whole Disney Channel breakout star scandal. She did that cover of a magazine where she was just wearing, you know, a towel or a blanket wrapped around her. And honestly, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Maybe now... I kind of do, but I think it's more in the fact that people sexualized it, which is creepier. But I am very grateful for the moment that actually happened last year on, I think, the 10-year anniversary. Miley Cyrus said, I'm not sorry. Fuck you. So, yeah. Hashtag 10 years later, she is still not sorry. I loved that. I love when people were just trying to make her out to be a bad person and Miley Cyrus has always been an amazing person happy hippie foundation she does you know march against gun violence she's pro-choice she's always fighting for almost everything that I believe in and I think she's actually one of the best role models you can actually find from Disney Channel her having the bangers era truly iconic I think it really was a game changer she really started people changing their genre of music each time they did like a revamp or a new album. She was always changing the game, always keeping up with the times. It pissed people off. It made people hate her, made people love her. I remember watching the vi- video when on the news when she had shaved her hair off and people said she had the Draco Mouthway haircut and I still supported it. I remember I tweeted you know, I love her of long hair, but if this is what makes her happy, then I'm happy. And I stand by that. I remember also seeing the, as well, in my dorm, or my dorm hall, the Wrecking Ball music video and everyone being disgusted. I'm just like, I love this. Like, this is pop culture to me. This is, you know, always evolving. It's very Madonna. It's just what the world needed. And I think she really paved the way in a sense to lose and separate that people that are over 21 shouldn't be not enjoying things 21 year old 21 year old should be doing you should be drinking and partying if you want to do that and even when she was doing drugs they were legal like she was legally smoking pot so i really don't say people were so angry at her but cheers to that Miley Cyrus you know you're still in the game you have a new album coming out and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in the pop culture recap coming up very soon but to cover a couple more things I am super grateful for the VMA performance in 2009 of Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. I would come home every day after school. I had it recorded on my DVR and I would rehearse and practice that dance and do it alongside with her every day before my mom would come home from work. I'm sure my Mima remembers me doing the dance well. And I wouldn't say I'm grateful for the whole Kanye versus Taylor Swift thing, but I am very grateful for the Reputation era having an album that's just owning your shit and going with it really sent such good energy to me. I've always been a person that's been about 
owning my shit, so I'm glad there's a whole era and a whole album for that. In addition, something that is truly, 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 truly the thing I am most grateful that pop culture has given me in life. It is Scream Queens. This TV show got me into liking horror. It was a show that had my comedy, which is dry humor, matched to a T, had my favorite actress in it, it had Ariana Grande in it, it was all about fashion, and just good fun, and people who didn't like this show have no taste, they don't understand camp. This show to me is the definition of camp. And I'm so glad it brought camp back to the late 2000s. It just reminded me of the camp movies you know, like Clueless and Jawbreaker and The Heathers and Mean Girls, but put it into a horror genre and just really changed the game. I think so many shows like Insatiable, Insatiable and others are kind of copied. I think Scream Queens was the blueprint to bringing camp humor to TV shows. Now, the last thing I want to say that I am grateful in pop culture is in Real Housewives of New York, Scary Island. If you don't know what that is, stop what you're doing, go on YouTube right now and watch the full scene of Scary Island of Bethany Frankel versus Kelly. It is one of the best reality TV show moments of all time truly pause this podcast go on youtube look it up right now and you will not be disappointed in what you see this was a cultural reset and that concludes pop culture moments that i am currently grateful for so now it is time to go into this week's pop culture recap I want to go into The Real Housewives first, of course. Rumors have been circulating. This has been brought up twice on Bravo's Twitter. The idea of doing an all-stars housewife show, kind of Big Brother style, Private Island style show, where your favorites all live together. And We have Brandy Glanville from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills confirm that this is a real thing in the works and Andy Cohen has not denied it. And my good friend today, Nick, asked me who I would want to be on the cast for this show. Now, when I thought about it, I didn't pick people who are my favorite Housewives stars. I just thought of who would make good TV. Now, of course, the queen of Scary Island, I think, Kelly Benzeman deserves to be on the show for sure. Nene Leakes, which I know will never happen because she's anti Bravo. Vicky Gundelson, Kelly Dodd, Bethany Frankel, Heather Dubrow, Brandy Glanville, Ramona Singer, Karen from Potomac, and I would want someone from Dallas to go on there. I would really think of Leanne. But I know she's canceled, and I feel like Brandy and Stephanie are too nice. DeAndre wouldn't fit well, so I don't know who to bring from Dallas. I can't give 
an idea of who I would want from New Jersey to go over because I don't watch New Jersey. That's going to be the show I watch next, but I love that idea. My friend Nick said if he could pick his cast would be Vicky, Nini, Brandy as well, but also along with Kelly Benzeman, he would love Aviva. I thought, what a great idea. Like, Aviva on the show would definitely be good because she's crazy. So I was super excited to hear that this is coming to production, hopefully, and hopefully soon. It makes sense because you can just COVID test all of them, put them on an island, kind of like how The Bachelor, Bachelorette is doing. So I would love to see that happen. And in Real Housewives news as well, we know that Lou Ann, or as the Countess, who some people know her as, has a new man. She is now with a Hamptons trainer, Garth Wakeford, or Wakeford, who actually got a connection with through Hinge. Super surprising to see that Louie was on Hinge. I love that. Usually when celebrities say they're on dating apps, I don't think it's real. I think it's like promotional, but there's no ad or anything from this. So I know when Hillary Duff talked about a dating app, and meeting people, she made a music video out of it and obviously got paid to do so. So don't really believe her story, but I do believe Luann actually did meet her man on Hinge and it might be a good storyline for the show. So I'm sure we'll hear about it all this season on the new season of Real Housewives of New York. We just got to see that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is now recording their confessional interviews. So we're starting to see the new fashion, the new hair, Dorit is always serving, and you always can expect that Lisa Renna is going to have new hairstyles. I am still annoyed, and so is my friend Brooke Varney, whose podcast is Not To Be A Bitch, but we are upset that people are still commenting to get rid of Vile Kyle and Lisa Stirpot Renna. People, there are, there's no drama without them there's no show without drama what do you want i will never understand reading all the comments and scrolling through people saying to get rid of them it makes absolutely no sense at all something that also doesn't make sense is actually anything sia does actually and real. i can't even uh, okay anything sia does doesn't make sense i've i can't i get frustrated just thinking about this i remember her tweeting such dumb stuff about like chloe kardashian during the jordan woods and tristan thompson thing and sia just has gone too far she has a new film coming out called music it's an adaptation of a children's book by the author dallas clayton she is seeing a lot of backlash because she has used a non-disabled actor to portray a person with autism and has decided to go to war with fans of the autism community, meaning fans of her that are part of the autism community and people that aren't her fans as well. The worst tweet of all was when someone responded and said, several autistic actors, myself included, responded to these tweets we all said that we could have acted in a in it or on a short notice these excuses are just that excuses the fact of the matter is zero effort was made to include anyone who was actually autistic 
Sia's response was, maybe you are just a bad actor. The audacity, just don't respond. I, I, I just can't. This is gonna really upset people. I mean, you have Maddie starring in it, Kate Hudson. Good luck to them. I mean, with cancel culture, that actually deserves to get canceled. And speaking of cancel culture, we have the drama with Trisha, James Charles, and Charlie. Now, I'm not that big of a fan of James Charles. I know nothing really about Charlie besides she has a drink at Dunkin' Donuts. I don't understand how people are saying, like Trisha are saying at least, that he is grooming a child and it's gross. Grooming them for what? Like he's not trying to sleep with Charlie. So I don't really understand that. I do think that Trisha just loves the drama and does like clickbait. I like Trisha a lot, but I do think most of her videos are clickbait related, saying that she's trans. Uh, I was surprised that Gigi Gorgeous actually defended her with that statement a while back. Actually, that was three months ago. So I think Trisha's just trying to stay mm, problematic, which is probably problematic to say. So I don't know. I just think that James Charles is probably a bad person. Who knows? But someone that did not agree with some things that Trisha did in the past, I actually ran into. I physically ran into Patrick Starr the other day at Disney Springs. Patrick Starr was doing a pop-up set at Sephora to say hi and show off his cosmetic line. And yeah, I physically ran into Patrick Starr on his way to his car in the parking garage. So, hey! Anyways, going a little further, something that has me really, really, really excited is that Siesta Key is officially back. Season 4 has begun. I knew it was coming because Madison was back in Siesta Key. Kelsey said she had flights to come back. She was visiting her boyfriend. I think they were in Tennessee or something like that. So once I saw all these people were all flying back, I knew they had to be starting on season four. I am super excited to see everyone's journey and to see where we left off. I think that Madison's actually already married, but she's currently denying that. So I am very excited and I can't wait to have a whole episode devoted onto everything Siesta Key, which is currently my favorite airing reality TV show. Going on to other MTV shows, we have the news that the Jersey Shore cast and their significant others are on their two-week quarantine before filming for the new season of Family Vacation. So I'm excited. I'm like three seasons behind on that. I don't know if I actually will end up watching it since Snooki is no longer on the show, but it might make good background TV. You never know. I'm talking about shows and coming back and having reboots and all, etc., 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 Saved by the Bell is going to have a premiere soon for the reboot featuring all the original cast minus Screech, obviously. We all know he stabbed a man a couple times, so we shall not be seeing him. But I am very excited to see Saved by the Bell come back on the TV screens. I will be watching that. Hopefully, I will enjoy it more than Fuller House. Next thing to talk about as a comeback is we have a second single from Miley's new album, we have the single Prisoner featuring Dua Lipa 
This has to probably be my favorite song of 2020. I think it's easily going to end up being my most listened to song of the year. I've been listening to it on repeat as long as the cover of Heart of Glass. I cannot wait for this album to come out. I would honestly love to do a whole episode dedicated to just Miley Cyrus and her career. She is just amazing and I love this new rock era and I cannot wait to hear the whole album and to dissect it with you guys later on in the upcoming week or so. Now the last thing, this is Housewives, but I wanted to bring it up at the end so I can talk about it more, is this week on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, there is a debate that the thumbs up emoji as a response means fuck you. Now to me, I don't think so. I think it's like a reaction, especially when you hold down the thing and just do a thumbs up. Thumbs up, it just means like, okay, I hear you, or sure, I'm on it. But to the castmates, thumbs up means fuck you. To me, a fuck you text is just the word, actually not the word, the letter K. Just K, no period, nothing else, just the letter K. To me, that's like a death wish. And I think just sending LOL as a response is also a fuck you. To me, it's disrespectful of the conversation. It means that you don't want the conversation to go anywhere and that it's just dead. So I say thumbs up are fine, but if you ever text me K or LOL, trust you will be dealt with. Super excited to say that two episodes ago, we were recognized by Holly Madison. She responded to us having a podcast episode and by us, I mean my guest of the week, which was Brooke Varney. We dissected Girls Next Door. If you haven't heard it already, go listen to it. It was approved by Holly Madison herself. So Holly, if you're listening, come be a guest on next week's episode. Now, once again, I just want to thank everyone for listening to Gillis Pleasures thus far. This being episode 10 for me, like I said, is a really big deal because I never thought I would get this far. Never thought more than one person would listen to this, let alone give me suggestions for topics. I want to thank Emily Murray for helping me edit and learn this whole podcast process. She really opened the door for me to understanding all these technology things that did not come easily to me. And I want to say thank you to everyone for sharing their guiltless pleasures and for always being honest on this platform with me. I wanted to have a platform where we could be unapologetic about anything that we found as an interest and I think we really have accomplished that together. I, my whole life, have been open about my likes from being a young age playing with dolls and being made fun of. It didn't stop me. I always was loud and proud about whatever my interest was and I am just glad that I can share it with such an open-minded audience and I hope that it opens your mind to not be embarrassed about anything you like and to be unapologetic about any of your interests. Don't let anyone say that it's weird because the things that make you different get you recognized. I guess that could be seen as a bad way, but being recognized for the things you love, I think is important. It's important to fight for the things you love, share the things you love, and teach others the things you love. That way it can become more acceptable and known all over the place. So on that note, I want to say everyone, please stay guiltless and thank you so much for listening to another episode of Guiltless Pleasures. You can find me on any social media platform such as Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, all with the at 
Bobby Asen, which is B-O-B-B-Y-A-S-E-N. Once again, everyone, stay guiltless.